My mama was the cold north wind My daddy was the son Of a railroad man from west of hell Where the trains don't even run, run. <laughs> Never heard the whistle of a southbound freight Or the screaming of his driving wheel No, I never did no wandering Never did no wandering Never did no wandering after all Yeah! yeah. Welcome to Frame Race Yeah! The show where we rate auto harp performances Of wandering How would you rate that? Uh, I'm gonna cross podcasts and say mm-hmm. I, I rate that real good It's a real good dinosaur <laughs> It's a real That's good another dinosaur show we, do. Yeah. Okay, great. we rate real good dinosaurs I will rate it automatic for the people. Good album. R. It M. was as good as cool, that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And it's auto harp. Wow, uh, why is it was... called an auto harp, Caroline? Uh, it's like a harp, but the instead of oh, instead of uh, strumming or having to individually press chords, there's buttons that manipulate the chords automatically. Oh, so it is automatic. Okay, I thought I was dumb in that it meant auto, like you do it yourself, like autobiography. But mm-hmm. I'm like, of course you do it yourself. That's all <laughs> instruments. They made it automatic for the people. Yeah. And then when you said, I have an auto harp, I can bring it. <laughs> I thought I was thinking of a mouth harp the whole time. Oh. I thought we were going to hear like, all right, all right. Although I do have one. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I own it's one. It's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful yeah. instrument. Wonderful. <laughs> it but uh, hurts like a motherfucker if you <coughs> fuck it up and it clacks against uh, your, your teeth. teeth. The worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's what uh, Mickey plays in the film that we're talking mm-hmm. about. The auto harp. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, harp. yeah. Not yeah. the mouth harp. So the film we are talking about, well, first of all, frame rate? Show where we rate? I said that. Yeah, yeah. You? Hey, me, Michael. You? Caroline. Caroline is back with us. Caroline Woo-hoo! Anderson, welcome back to the show. Thank you remember you. her from the body episode mm-hmm. of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that episode is gone now. It's just it's, a husk. Yeah. Don't reach out to touch it. Don't touch it's it. It's gone. <laughs> Move on with your life. Uh-huh. And talk about A Mighty Wind. Ah! One of the Christopher Guest family of mockumentaries, uh, which include... So many classics. Waiting this for Government, Best in Show. Best in Show, uh, for your consideration, the only one I haven't seen still. So mm. like f- five films? Five? No, there's more. There's Six? more. Okay, let's say, do it. Caroline, you're a big guest head. Yeah, I mean, I would say in terms of the mockumentaries, it's those five. And then the, okay. the series he did for HBO. The oh, yeah, the Family Tree series. Family Tree, and then yeah. also Mascots for Netflix. I <coughs> forgot that was Chris Guest. Yes. So, uh, yeah, if you're in the comedy world, Christopher Guest is pretty much universally mm-hmm. like hat tip, like respect to that dude. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he has a standard, like, effete British accent, and his range is unstoppable. He's also transformative. That's what yeah. I mean. It's yeah. Like, you he, can never tell it's he's him. He's Nigel in This Is Spinal Tap, and also in The Princess Bride as the Six Fingered Man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people probably know, like, unless you like mockumentaries, yeah. you probably know him as the Six Fingered Man. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about that scene in uh, Princess Bride where he hits him on the head with the hilt of the sword, yeah. he actually knocks Carrie Olis out. He hey. hit him way too hard. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're talking about A Mighty Win. Caroline Describe in a nutshell the plot because it can be done in like four sentences. Yes. And why you picked the movie. It is a mockumentary uh, of a famous folk producer dying and his acts reuniting to put on a concert in his memory and following those acts. Yep. Um, I picked it. I'm a huge Christopher Guest fan. It was growing up uh, waiting for Guffman's the first movie I ever remember watching at all. Oh, wow. Um, my parents don't have a ton of shared comedic taste but Christopher Guest movies are so it was mm-hmm. like we had Spinal Tap figurines we like that mm-hmm. was that was big in our family and I love folk music enough to own and play an auto harp it is my primary um listening enjoyment so specifically I'd say probably Waiting for Guffman is my favorite favorite but I think Mighty Wind is my second favorite just in terms of like well this is pleasant to watch for an hour and a half also bonus it's very funny yeah, Fucking it hilarious. is infinitely yeah. pleasant to watch. It has that. If you've never seen it, I recommend you focus on it. <laughs> but once you've seen it four or five times, it's one of those movies like I feel this way about The Labyrinth as well. I never object to it just being on. Oh, yeah. It's like really fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pleasant. All the Christopher guests are like that uh, because they're so like prosaic. The humor mm. is not as prosaic as like a Lake Wobegon. 
but it's yeah. not always sunny. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's way more towards the like dry comedy. And the stakes are very medium. Like this is maybe medium one of stakes, the more yeah. high stakes ones of his movies. And it's just that Mitch goes away for a little bit and they're not sure if he's going to come back. The show like, might not go on. Right. Yes. Yeah. But usually they're even lower, like waiting for Guffman. It's like, some theatrical production in the middle of nowhere that no one was going to see might not go on. Yeah. There's no stakes. Yeah. Or like, that it'll go on, but one guy might not come into and the audience. Exactly. The yeah, and best in show is even less. It's just like, here's... Well, who's going to win? Who's going to win? People, but. I'll just... Some people really care about the <laughs> Westminster Dog Show. Or like, it's on ESPN2 and shit. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not in our audience Yeah, either, so. but... <laughs> I wanted, as soon as I found out that you loved it, not, mo- a lot of people love it in spite of, they're like, I don't care about folk music, but that movie's funny. Yeah. But you actually love folk. I love folk. Folk is also my favorite genre. Yeah. Can we just get obtuse and like exclude Abe for a minute? Hey. You can talk, but I bet I you won't know anything. Yeah, probably not. What, uh, what are your, like, I never ask favorite because it puts you on the yeah, spot yeah. and you scramble and it adds pauses. So just name like five folk musicians you love. I think like the center of my musical universe is like Pete Seeger, Judy Collins, Joni Mitchell, like a little Peter, Paul and Mary from Mm -hmm. Greenwich Village, a little of the Laurel Canyon people. I love Cass Elliot and like Mugwumps and all of her kind of pre-Mamas and the Papas folk music. Um, Yeah, that's that's kind of my circle. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of the center, one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie, the folksman complaining that they switched record companies and like <laughs> they were a good company, but they didn't buy the machine that punches the holes in the records. Right. So like you'd get it and it would have no hole and it was up to you to punch the hole. But if you punched yeah. it, it was a good quality record. Yeah. Like the music is good. If you punched yeah. a hole in it first, you'd have a you'd good have time. You'd have a good time. <laughs> yeah. That seems like yeah, I you think centered it right. You'd some have of a good the time. like some of the sport of watching Christopher Guest movies, if you are a comedy fan who loves Christopher Guest movies, is not knowing what was improvised and what wasn't and what was what you're seeing being developed for the first time. Yes. And that is a scene where I wonder if that's the first time that they've made that joke on camera, because there's just like a reaction to it of all three of them at the same time going like, mm-hmm, like right. good improvisers going like, yeah, we found it. We found the funny joke. The f- right. God, Cause like, uh, something like curb your enthusiasm, which people might be more familiar with in the, but, uh, their process in a nutshell is like improv, but improv for so long and so many times that it becomes, they're like, we found this through improv, but now we know this. We all love this bit. So every time we do the scene, include that bit. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if if you imbibe a lot of comedy, you get a gut reaction of that was improv. That yeah. was landed at. And what I think is so interesting about their process is the depth. They'll go like it'll you'll have cognitive dissonance because you'll be like, well, that can't be improv. Cause it cut away to a separate location showing them in witches robes and shit. And it's like, no, it could have been improv. And then they go shoot it. And then they go shoot. Like, so they would yeah. fill in stuff after. So it's a very unusual process, even mm-hmm. more so than I think curb where the improv element is just, how are you going to say these things? Right. But they go, well, it's a sitcom plot and this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. Right. Christopher guest movies really are collaborative. He must He's such a unique guy to me because, like, I don't know what he's like in person, but I imagine he must have a unique combination of a very strong vision, but also being incredibly flexible and collaborative. Because otherwise, the movies couldn't, like, be done this way. He reminds me a lot of, like, just you describing the process of, like, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Like, if you rewatch, like, Borat, Mm -hmm. it does the same tricks. Like, it's... Oh, we got that. That's the footage we got. Well, now we got to shoot this to sequence. support yeah. that thing. Yeah, we got. and that—that's next ten minutes of the movie, right? Yeah, it's just like what you walked into this thinking that there was a different ten minutes of the movie that I was gonna watch. No, no, we're just streaming along, stream of consciousness documentary style. Yeah. yeah, it seems to me like all they knew would happen is like you said that Mitch will wander away and then come back. Yeah, the. Probably they knew the folksmen would get mad at the Ramble, Main Street yeah. singers, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, now let's just get who's funny, get Ed Begley in here. What's Bob Balaban I up mean, to? Bob Balaban, watching Bob Balaban. In- oh. Talk about dangerously low hanging vines. <laughs> yeah. Don't trip. And so, the choice to just read all the cards really, really close. Anything like, he reads, which he sets up beautifully in an early scene where. He just needs someone's name. And he yeah. pulls like a large sheet of paper all the way up to his <laughs> right, eyes. Right. Yeah. 
that, yeah, go ahead. Well, it's just uh, the t- there's so many amazing people in this. Michael McKean, you know, like Catherine O'Hara, mm. uh, Paul Dooley. But like the real the, the ones that really get me are, of course, Jane Lynch. Yeah, she's yeah. just she's perfect. So good <laughs> as Mrs. Boner. <laughs> uh, and I got to Fred Willard is yeah. my so, his best guest performance. Right. Yeah. Guest is also super. Well, Loyal to a team, so if you watch all the movies, yeah. Yeah. you start to get the same cast Cohen over X. and over. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, f- five movie wide, Fred Willard, I'm always like, yeah, he's doing the Fred Willard thing. He's like middle to top middle of the pack, but there's like yeah. regulars I like a lot more. But in this one, <laughs> Fred Willard kills oh in Mighty Wind. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's improv, but the, deliv- the, the structural delivery of going... And you'd all, the Main Street singers, he goes, oh, you have a song about the ocean. We'll drench everyone, even the ladies. And you know where the joke is going, but it's the craft of delivering the punchline this way. He goes, and we'll even drench the ladies. And then he just looks around. Whispers. And then he just leans over and speaks silently into like, the nearest And you know what's being here. said. You yeah. know, it's like, that will make their boobs visible. It's like, I fucking know, dude. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite Fred Willard scene in the movie is obviously all the, like, two camera like at a chair doc you sell stuff is so awesome and super funny but the scene where he's like accepting the plaque just seeing him play off of a room of like 10 people not entertained by him yeah. is just and like jane lynch in the back doing so much great work of just like she never lets on that she is not the star of that scene yeah. but just like his response to his jokes falling on the floor as an actor like is so impressive yeah. his Ugh. dedication to letting a joke land on the floor and not react to people not enjoying it. Or even him. pause. Yeah, like exactly. continues his monologue. Yeah. And yeah, I love Jane Lynch, you can see because they're actors and because they've been empowered with the knowledge that they are part of the writing because they're yeah. improving. So many of the cast do fully fledged bits in the background that yeah, you oh yeah. that you wouldn't get in a scripted thing because <laughs> it would be the opposite. You'd be like Leonardo DiCaprio's doing his fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing over here. Everyone shut up, like yeah. sit still. But I love in that scene, it's clear that Jane Lynch thinks his jokes are funny and several times tries to explain them to other people. Yeah. Right, <laughs> like silently, you just see her leaning over and being like, yeah. "You don't get it? Come yeah. on." Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about before we started taping. The magic of Jennifer Coolidge. I mean. Yes. <laughs> like has such a unique vibe that I feel like Christopher Guest like discovered her in a diamond mine yeah. and yeah. was like brought her back what? to the comedy. One yeah. of my favorite just styles of jokes that is so anti in such a specific guest way is when she just goes, I can just tell it's going to be a really, 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 really big thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. like an amazing <laughs> thing. I, I just heard that delivery you just Thank did. You. It's like, yeah, it's, it's be, because it's vapid in a way that it's like, it's oh. not, it's not just vapid if you just write it down. The performance yeah. itself ludes she's like she doesn't know my favorite joke of hers is you know if they didn't have the model train they wouldn't have gotten the idea for the, the big, big train uh, mine is when they all hum to commemorate his father's <laughs> death yeah. and she thinks humming is just opening your mouth <laughs> and going ah yeah. and she's going, yeah. Oh my god. She also I mean there's a whole conversation to be had about the wardrobe in this movie which is so excellent. Like some of the most incredible wardrobe yeah. ever. But um god what's the actor who she's paired with? I forget his name. Larry Miller. Larry Miller. Yes. He's also a he's hero so of fun. Mine. Yeah. Yes. God. He's incredible. He doesn't get a ton of play in this particularly. But, but he the he has the ugliest suit I've ever seen. Mm. Like it's like this double-breasted like a size and a half too big for him. Yes. Kind of shiny material. Mm-hmm. Just like them paired together in the scene where there's so many like kind of these like polyester 60s <laughs> yeah. like looks of just this version of like the mid 2000s PR. I think just- Fred Willard when he is accepting the plaque from the mayor <laughs> his pinstripe cream suit I was like I want that Matching suit. Matching his I hair like dye. That suit. Yeah, That's yeah. It's the brand. exact color That's of his brand. bleached frosted tips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just imagine that in every in every role you've ever seen him in, in they give Fred Willard a suit and make him like a sportscaster who says dumb things. Yeah. 
In this one, he has frosted tips <laughs> and like he's the old guy who's trying to be young still. Yeah. It's just like you don't get, Willard doesn't get to do that that much. Yeah. Yeah. To paraphrase an old joke, knock, knock, introducing the mainstream <laughs> country singers. Yeah. Oh, that's, I also want to talk about. So the, uh, they really, they centered it on, which I think is brilliant construction because with improv, right. you're basically just dictating like the loose parameters of a program and then letting the program run itself. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really smart and I'm sure they were decided ahead of time that they limited it to three groups. Yeah. And the groups, I was a little confused because I know folk well enough that I was like trying to plug stuff into specific stuff. And I want your opinion, Caroline, Mm -hmm. but I'm now of the opinion that the groups like it's not necessarily directly one-to-one. The folksmen are clearly the Kingston, Kingston trio. trio. sure. But in the other two cases, I think they represent what they saw as like a clear theme in folk music, yeah. like this type of band. Well, and I read an interview with yeah. Michael McKeon where he was talking about what specifically interested those three guys were like folk music written by men in suits and offices in Manhattan, like that <laughs> sellout folk music, which is definitely new Christy minstrels, new seekers. Also, I think there's an up with people element with the kind of... Um, spiritual undertones and sometimes very much overtones of new main street singers of like uh the parker posey was on the street that yeah. jane lynch like there's an insinuation that everyone is kind of being picked up from the street i've seen this, this about 10 times yeah so that's the new main street that's the main street singers which this is the also new a recurring thing is they got basically only one original member is still in it yes. and there's nine of them but they're still the new main street <laughs> which singers. is the case with the new christy minstrels and the new seekers it's like they one of the people, people from out. the folk group is like oh it's been six years since anyone cared but maybe we can still make some money so yeah. i'll just make a new band i loved it's one of the very first songs you hear and i think it's indicative of like this dry christopher <laughs> guest like mm. david sedaris yeah. brand of comedy is a Main Street singer song here that goes, it's scary, but it's true. So do what the good book, do what the good book, do what the good book tells you to. Yeah. I love that. It's so good. There's a joke in, there's a conversation that's like very much reminiscent of This is Spinal Tap between the trio where it's like the most Christopher Guest joke I can think of. It's the one where they're talking about wearing their retro dickies, mm-hmm. whether or not they're going to do that for the show, for yeah. like yes. the show. Well, and it they was have retro the then, or yeah. it was now then. It's, so is it now tro? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the reason why I was trying to dissect it, the reason it's so funny to me is because he lo- they love to play with the idea of trying, like having the audience try to understand something that someone is understanding themselves like they're just getting the nuance of doing something before it was in and fashionable yeah uh, Mm -hmm. and isn't retro but time passes and now it becomes retro and then finding a new word now tro (laughs) as like to describe something that's just in now yeah right you know like and, and they're then, like adding the past and the future. And it's like, yeah. the word you're looking for is just now. now. Yeah. yeah. So it's taking a simple premise and like, how do words work? Yeah. Yes. And then usually it ends with like some kind of not eureka moment, but like realization. And uh, like, like someone tries to pass as wisdom. And that's kind of the button of the joke is that they, they decide that's the thing that is now the best. Like I, I'm, I the one who made it that up. Yeah, you know? it ends, and that's another trademark of improv. Is obviously like last time Caroline was on, we covered Joss Whedon, who writes very calculated writerly yeah. writings. Whereas like with improv-driven stuff, you will get scenes where like Harry Shearer is. There's nothing punchy at the end of the sequence. He's like, so I take care of my skin now, and I like taking care of my skin, and it makes me feel confident on stage. And the scene ends. And you're like, that's just what he improved in that moment. Honestly, a moment that made me so happy and just like, I think I laughed at it, even though it's not a joke at all. It's just the moment where the folksmen are introducing themselves. And Michael McKean is like, you know, I I considered myself a guitar player at the time. And oh, he wasn't half bad. Like, just the superhumanness of that conversation Mm -hmm. is like so. I don't think could be scripted. Well, the dialogue's so realistic. The dialogue's so be- real. Because to an impossible degree. To an impossible it's ju- they're degree. They're just talking. Yeah. 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 It's like if you scripted this podcast episode, it can't be done unless you're scripting like, uh, uh, Mike right. interrupts a lot. Like, these yeah. things are hard to script. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and there's something beautiful beautiful about the idea of like even the most average, the the stupidest of us 
yeah. uh, are ones that like even when we attach ourselves to false wisdom, that doesn't take away their humanity. There's something really, really endearing. Every Christopher Guest character is so human. That's very true. Yeah. While also being super archetypal. Like, yes. Uh, yes. So my frame of reference as a human is that my dad was super involved in barbershop. He was like the former vice president of Spebsqua. Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing mm. in America. So I was around Amazing. people who were this, but for barbershop. And then my uncle is the president of the uh, Western Swing Association, which is a genre of music that is totally doesn't exist anymore, but it's basically big band on Western instruments. So like steel guitars and stuff like that. So I spent so much of my childhood around people who took their craft as seriously as these people take their craft. Mm -hmm. And it is like, so like, oh yeah, that's my uncle John. Oh, that's the guy, like the upright bass player is such an archetype and yeah. the like kind of handsome younger guy than the other two people in the band are such archetypes. And like the kind of tenor is such an archetype, but yes, also like, yeah. even if you don't have my frame of reference, you're like, these are just humans. Well, my uncle Andrew so Calhoun, great. who I recommend people look up cause this stuff is great. It's very uh, lyrically challenging and dark <laughs> and dense. Um, this movie's like got me so hard because my uncle is like, is Mitch. Yeah. He ran Waterbug Records, which shuttered last year, but for like 15 years, they were the largest surviving folk only <laughs> label in America. And, uh, Anais Mitchell started on his label and, uh, he, like when he would come to visit and he yeah. even kind of looks like Eugene Levy. <laughs> You would yeah. come out in the middle of the night to get water and find him in his underwear, sitting on the corner of the couch, strumming like discordant chords and practicing lyrics like, I'm as lonesome <laughs> as water, as lonesome as God. Like literally that yeah. scene in the hotel with Mitch where he's like, and I'm going home. I'm going home. And like just doing this. We, yeah. That is such a subgenre of folk that is so archetypal and true. Yeah. Is like the folk artist who's like, all these motherfuckers are singing about trains. Yeah, I'm going to sing about yeah. a guy dead in the gutter. Yeah. yeah. Like that's also a very clear subgenre of folk. That yeah. I love. The orb of the sunset yeah. or whatever it is. So yeah. just to get, get it out of the way, Mitch and Mickey, I go back and forth whether they're Sonny and Cher or there's Ian a lot and Sylvia of, are a huge one. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess they're just the archetype of the couple that is in love that are folks. Yeah. Singers. It's also Mary Travers and Bob Dylan. Yeah. And yeah. even like Peter, Paul and Mary, even though that's three people like yeah. had the like, we all love each other and that's what you write about vibe. Right. And then the third. Oh, and then the folks know the Kingston Trio. And I got to tell young people listening to the show who don't know the Kingston Trio. They are just as silly and theatrical oh as God. the folksmen. And I legit like grew up on the Kingston Trio and think they're great. Yeah. I recommend mm. listening to Kingston Trio. If music. you it like local, cool. if you like Loco Man, you might like Cuckoo You. Okay. Like there are like yeah. straight up like one to ones. The two data jokes that bother me now are the Harry Shearer transitions into a woman, and it's the joke is just look, he's a woman. He's got a deep voice. I'm yeah. bored of that joke at this point. Yeah, but yeah. in society. Yes. And then also, I didn't realize till watching it with the captions. Loco man is fucking not okay to write, dude. Yeah. And of course, they're parodying how appropriative the Kingston oh, yeah. Trio were, but it's like crazy loco loco man, lazy sleeping in the sand. You're like, yeah. don't, don't do that, fuck? dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I do want to talk about Eugene Levy just yep. stuttering back for because there's so many hidden good jokes. Like, he's so subdued that Mitch and Mindy, Mickey are so. Uh, subdued in this film because everyone else is like very larger than life uh and they're we follow their little tiny narrative mm -hmm. like which is kind of more heart than the rest of them because the other ones are like fairly archetypal it ends up feeling like or the have main no plot. problems yeah. yeah it feels like the main plot because there's that you know the divorce and all that uh you're talking about him strumming andrew strumming yeah, uh <laughs> I think uh, his solo albums these, are called Cry for that's Help. That's what I'm Then go ahead. Straight go ahead. jacket. No, no, it's just like <laughs> the fact that he's in it. After he gets divorced, they get divorced. Yeah. He's in a uh, he's in a <laughs> straight, straight jacket, jacket okay. and it's called, the album's called Cry for Help. Real quick, while we're on album covers, I went through my um, new Christie Minstrels and Kingston Trio mm -hmm. records, and there is so the new Christie Minstrels album Ramblin' has a cover that is exactly what all of the new mainstream okay. singers it's them all holding their um uh, their instruments including the upright bass and hanging off the back of like a um like a train the caboose, the yeah. caboose of a train mm. all with their instruments and then um 
And then they also have this one where they're kind of these caricatures that look exactly like the ones uh, John Michael Higgins. Uh, oh, sure. Like children's books. Children's get from book that drawings. Oh, yeah. Like which, a Benetton yeah. ad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just that level of specificness with the oh, way the kids are totally yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh yeah the art direction is phenomenal in the sense that all the album covers are so specific to the and show such a deep knowledge of this subject matter yeah that if you're into folk you can be like that's a that's specific that album yeah. that's that album yeah from 1967 yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing i, I love uh yeah, is that the folksmans have the worst, like the least. Just all right. the apostrophe it's titles. <laughs> wishing, picking. Those yeah. are their three big <laughs> albums. Yeah. And then, yeah, after the divorce, his second album is calling it quits and he's just digging his own it's grave. grave. Yeah. yeah, I also love that that segment has, because they use non diegetic sound, like interviews will happen over footage of, which is yeah. a common documentary, documentary. trope, yeah. right? Um, but I love the moment because you were talking about him trying to write a song in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one hidden joke in that is that it's not a not in the hotel room, but he's over at Mickey's house with her yeah, new rehearsing. husband, mm-hmm. and they're fucking and shaking the wall. Yeah, and he is try- He realizes that it's rhythmic that he, he might, starts playing yeah. in rhythm, he, and that had to be improved. Like yeah. that mm-hmm. had to be because he like. <laughs> He realizes that he could maybe use it as like a drum, but then it it becomes arrhythmic, and then yeah. he, he gets that. angry because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's like, "I thought we had a thing going." Yeah. Like, and it's just the saddest moment I can yes. think of is yeah. that he gets out of beat with the fucking of his <laughs> his ex wife, his and his performance. Yeah, the voice is so. Like I was watching it with Jen, and she was pointing out. How in Shit's Creek he doesn't really shine. Um, mm-hmm. He's like the stable, like I'm just acting like myself, Eugene Levy, like a friendly, yeah. approachable yeah. man. And you would never guess that he can give us this bizarre, like shades of, uh, you know, uh, fucking what's his name? He just won the Nobel Prize for literature. Most famous folk singer in the I world. Follow the, I'm not a prize head. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Oh, yes. um, okay. I think he also has shades of Dylan. Dylan. He's yeah, got yeah. especially Dylan. like Dylan after his brain is drug fried. <laughs> right. Um, and I just think it's phenomenal how like if you're going to give Christopher Guest a chance or you haven't seen him before, at least watch two. Because one of the things that's magical is it's not only like they're like, here's some characters I can do. It's as if the entire cast is actively challenged to be like show as much range as yeah. humanly possible yeah. like the care to go from this is spinal tap to a mighty win yeah to best in show if you track i mean as i said there's some people like fred willard's allowed to just be fred willard yeah, yeah. but if you track specifically what chris guest is from yeah. each movie to each movie like this dude could or, do Hamlet yeah. or Ace Ventura. He can do fucking anything. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara, I think the most. Is I mean, obviously she's the most talented actress there's Creek. ever been. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'd also argue that this movie uh, created the persona that made Jane Lynch like her the rest of her what career. she is now usually cast because as. yeah, like it's almost as if in Party Down. If you've mm-hmm. watched yes. Party Down, they just took her in this movie and just yeah. said, let's put and her in And that kind of cemented it And that cemented agents. kind of like, yeah. 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 And then it's like a 40-year-old virgin and stuff yeah. like that. I uh, never realized, and this has to be like the 10th time I've seen it, the oblique references to the fact that she was an a specifically an anal porn star. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Things that the other girls, girls wouldn't, wouldn't do. do. Yeah. I also love the the turn of when she's like, and that's when the clouds parted and I got it. Like the, the positive moment in her right. life story is when right. she started doing porn, which is yeah. just such a like funny joke that I hadn't heard. Right. And then uh, who's the guy that's paired with her? He's John Michael Higgins. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Cause Genius. I know he's a core Chris guest member. I don't know if I'm, if this is like talking too much shit, but like, He's the one where I don't think he keeps up with everyone else. I don't. I, f- I feel like he's a tier below the skill level of everyone. I don't else. know you when don't, he's telling oh. the other guy that he's got to be on the six and he has to stay in his skivvy or he has to stay in his uniform until he can like he can um, he hasn't proven himself. Like when he's gonna, oh. that scene is I think uh, I think is, when he's talking about humans are just color manifested on the forty ninth vibration. That's the only time in the entire runtime of this ninety minute movie. That I was like, I can tell that's an improv actor yeah. improving. It, 
I don't know. Is don't there know. if there were one word to describe him, what would it be? Would it be professional? <laughs> oh yeah, he's so, the lawyer he's from Rest of Development. Yeah, he's got range. I think he's, I think he's just great in Best in Show. Yeah, he's fantastic in Best yeah, in Show. Yeah, he's incredible in Best uh, in Show. That's he's true. got range. I just don't know if th- this is the best fit for him because I think that it's hard to because of all the things that we've been saying about Jane Lynch. Like she, he's just in her shadow yeah. because she's so. That might be. It's it. such a perfect thing when she says like when she says jokes like. You know, and that's after we filmed uh, the Christmas special, which was, uh, I believe it was called Not So Tiny Tim. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just like one after another, just jokes, jokes, jokes about yeah. the fact her name is Mrs. Boner. Like, yeah. they're just, it's just She's a role She's also taller than him. Like, yeah. they're visually super, like, she is so imposing in frame mm-hmm. compared to him. Yeah, and there's a lot. <laughs> it's specifically, I left. Porn, and then I was the new Mrs. Boner, and it's yeah. like, wait, oh, wait, they sound the same. Also, she <laughs> reads when you watch the movie. She really reads as someone you believe is like really into new age shit. Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. and he does not. Like he That's, feels like it. he's not. Well, but then but I do love. Like I love their pre-show prayer. Very, I think it's very. <laughs> well, funny. and I think it it speaks to a relationship. I, I, there's like an undertone of that. It maybe works. he's not straight, and maybe he's like. Pretending to be straight for religious reasons. That's oh, at least that something that I... That might be it. That might be what was throwing That me. there's kind of a, of yeah. a, a sexuality interest watching them. And to me, it speaks to a, a male... A hetero-facing relationship with a much stronger woman than mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Of, like, just adopting the woman's spiritual beliefs. And, yeah. like, acting as a... Oh, yeah, of course. It, anyone walking down the street could tell you that. Like, it's the lies that he tells himself... Because his wife, who is the more powerful person, mm-hmm. that's the way I interpret his mm. acting. I think it's like Walter right Sobchak converting to Judaism sort yeah, yeah, of thing, yeah. where he's like, it just makes sense. And he's like, no, it doesn't, man. It's because your ex-wife was Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I Speak and arrange it. I read a fact that actually made me really sad, both because I missed it and because of what happened. They toured, because Spinal Tap was by far the biggest hit yes. out of these films. Well, Best in Show did really well, but there's no like band associated with the film. Sure. Spinal Tap was a big enough hit that they toured yeah. several times, like yes, the Blues I've Brothers used to. Nice. Yeah. Did they open as with the Folksmen? Folksmen? Yes. Okay. I read on IMDb, and I don't know how true this is, that at a lot of shows, the Folksmen would get booed. Because people are there like, I like that it's funny, but I actually like heavy metal music and who the fuck are these folk people? And you like, you assholes. Yeah. It's, it's the same guys you're here to see. This yeah. is Spinal Tap. Yeah, this is yeah. Spinal Tap. Well, what's interesting is that the folksmen have existed so long before this movie. They did SNL in the 80s, and then they did a UCLA Folk Festival it in the early as 90s. A, as an SNL sketch, it began as an SNL sketch. So yeah. they have been touring as Spinal Tap since the 80s, but only have people outside of people who watched that episode of SNL mm-hmm. known about the folksmen. So there is... Yeah, when Spinal Tap would tour in the early 2000s, people would be furious. And then yeah, I saw yeah. them in like 2008 or something where people had a frame of reference for it and were like, yes, so I understand what's happening. So there was just time. They're like, oh, from that movie. All yeah, right, exactly. all right. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of different media of uh, performing performing or recording arts, that one of the things that I love about this movie is if you buy the DVD or the Blu-ray, they actually made the program that is the, the memorial yes. show the memorial show length. with yes. no like comedy or anything just the footage they got yeah anytime they were like all right this would be live they recorded the take with the cast fully and then they cut it in yeah and, yeah and they it's as if you were watch it on uh, live tv watching which it is so fun and they've done that the, performance several times also yeah. as oh, like yeah. a special event that's so great watching it i was hard i am so pulled out of stuff when the music is pre-recorded. Um, sometimes it's more obvious than others, but it was really hard in this one if I was like, God, this really sounds live. Like a really mm-hmm. more with new main street singers. I think a lot of it was pre-recorded cause that's a lot. It's, it's nine a lot part of people. Harmony As they say music. in the movie, it's a new tech. <laughs> it's a it just tech. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how many people you need in a band. A but there's tech. like parts where I was looking at Catherine O'Hara's <laughs> hands and being like, that is what is, I'm listening to. Yeah. Like, there's just, mm-hmm. I'm absolutely certain this is recorded live. It, so either it was recorded live and that's impressive, or yes. they did such an incredible job of audio mixing that me, who is instantly turned off when I'm watching something and can hear yes, the right. room tone change. It has a Weird Al level of uh, 
novelty musicians who want to be taken seriously to it, or at least be like, no, 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 you don't understand. We didn't just write funny lyrics and karaoke some bullshit. Like, yeah. right. we perfectly recreated this thing we love, and it happens to have funny lyrics over it, but the music is exactly correct. Yeah. Like, they oh, really yeah. try hard. And that's doubly amazing because... I know these happen out of sequence, so it's like, well, I guess they started knowing that they're all into music, but it's incredible to me. Like, if you had just seen uh, Best in Show and For Your Consideration, it's like mind blowing to think this exact same cast can also all play music, musical instruments, yeah. right. at a professional level while delivering another comedy film of this caliber yeah. at right. the same time. It's just, yeah. When Catherine O'Hara learned auto harp for the movie, and mm. she's musically i think the weakest which is why she's, she's so incredible in filler chords yeah. yeah and and vocally she doesn't have what what a jane lynch or what you know one of the others did but it's beautiful i mean i i have no complaints that i have no notes she like great. trained herself yeah. and yes. did the work like there's no joke of that the work wasn't made the joke isn't that the music's bad the or joke that she isn't, sings off key no yeah. yeah yeah she is an actress who said no i'm gonna i'm gonna do this right like yeah, yeah. so good uh, to and that then, performance in general like because you forget about they play you the song like the recorded version mm-hmm. of their hit yeah uh early on and then you'd get eugene levy and her performance yeah and he's a completely different man now you know at one point he actually says like they're the audience is looking for someone a man who's who dead yeah doesn't it exist yeah, yeah and he's talking like that and then when we get to the actual performance his voice, I, I was just like, I was captivated. It's such the best song to end on yeah. because it's so, I mean, obviously it's the story building up to it, but you that the number. Song the Mighty Wind? No, not oh, the Mighty Wind. Kiss at the End of kiss the Rainbow. Kiss at the End of the Rainbow. The climactic Rainbow song. Is yeah. The cli- yeah. Not that the final song. That is so fucking satisfying because his voice and her voice just fucking are awesome. Yeah. They just Together. rule. Yeah. yeah. And, and one, it's a well-made song. One of the best parts of the movie isn't a particularly funny scene, which is her saying that she gets really nervous and that she has to just look at him and think about him performing. Like it's such a, a, just a beautifully acted scene and, and you see it play out in the thing. And it's the choice to include that in a comedy movie, I think is like, speaks to how much of the movie is made in editing. I also thought it was an interesting choice that their choice for the denouement is that they both say, Oh, the other person wanted to get back together, but I, I didn't. I never yeah. meant that. All right. And yeah. you don't, you know that they don't get together. Like she doesn't leave Mr. Crab. Yeah. But you don't know the truth of who thought what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it really is like, yeah, there was this thing that existed once. It doesn't exist anymore. For one day, we re-inhabited that place, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's not. Which is just an interesting, and it it goes with the vibe of these more grounded comedy movies. In any other comedy movie. It would have cut to a year later and it would be like, and now they're married again and touring for or whatever reason. Or here's a reason. hard joke about yeah. like, and then we got Or he spot. did yeah. kill himself. Exactly. Yeah, or something like that. There's yeah. something amazing about the lack of sensationalism that these type of movies try, kind of They evoke. keep everything medium, like they keep everything said. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's amazing though is there's like, uh, when you look at the production of this movie, there's little bits of that happening too because they're, like much in the same way you're describing your uh, aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. both of you, like very good into it, very like high quality, very like real situation where they are good at their job, but like not necessarily world world renowned where they can get into doors just by right. uttering their name. Yeah. In the same way, this production, they they had a moment where they were uh, they were ch- they had to do the scene where uh, they wanted to get the train because he was really Crabville. into trains Crabville, the yeah. Crabville Crab Town uh, Crab when Town. they when they they heard all about in like the nearby towns that they're filming that there's like this house and there's this guy who's like a the the train enthusiast of yeah. the area and just like everyone was talking about how he had, like he he's got all these trains it's amazing he got there. I mean, he had a bunch of trains, but none of them worked. Or they were packed because they're away. all sold. And he's like, "This yeah. will take me weeks to set up." I'm yeah, not exactly. Do that. So <laughs> they actually had to like take dental floss and like move the train in for that shot. Amazing. Like that three. Those it's three funny shots. that you can book town hall in Manhattan, yeah. but you couldn't get a working model you train get a for a shot. Yeah. And that's just funny to me. It speak like I don't know. It just 
it's like reflecting the production, reflecting the point of the film. Yeah. It's just like, sometimes people are like, it just doesn't work out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? God. Yeah. The Bob Balaban's bit. Uh. Building to what he finally blah, found. Blah, 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 I know blah, blah. what my bit is. It's that I don't understand how anything works, but yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. It slays me. Like, yes. are the microphone tops going to be What do on I write there? it down as? Do what I do call you, it the microphone or the microphone the mi- tops? They're just called microphones, <laughs> and they're coming. Well, well, we really need those. You'll have them. <laughs> is this an actual street lamp? Can you have it next? To, can you have a three-dimensional <laughs> Can you have a real three-dimensional object on stage that's standing in for itself <laughs> next to a two-dimensional object portraying a three-dimensional? <laughs> yes, it's fine. Now, those are those lights? Those lights up there. <laughs> those yes, are, the, those are the lights. And above that is a seat. Yeah. That's one of like only three comedy scenes in the movie. Like there's that, there's um yeah, the, right. the Swede who speaks Yiddish. That has a sketch. Like, is, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like, Ed Begley Jr. plays Begley Lars Olsen, a thoroughly Swedish guy. And I love words and I love Yiddish words, yeah. but he says at least six words. And I'm like, I didn't even know that yeah. one. He's, he's like, it was a good circles shocked when we did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm schvilting. Fucking yeah. circles. He's yeah. like, even in the climax when they're like, Mitch is gone. What? He's just gone. We don't know. Oh, if we don't have Mitch, we'll have a spankishpoink. We'll have nothing. And he's like... Was the Hoodlin Little Goman? Is that his song? The How's It Hanging Grandma? <laughs> just a sketch that is just one of three sketches in this otherwise non-comedy movie that's full of jokes and is very funny. Right, yeah, yes. exactly. And I would argue the songs have sketch premise brain behind yes them. they yeah. do but Although, you're right that it's interesting that in a traditional scripted comedy each sequence is sort of a sketch mm-hmm. and they just build a basic plot and you string them all together but every scene is like it's the same as you would do on a ucb stage what's the game oh yeah. it's a twist on this you escalate that yeah this movie is more like we'll just sit around f- in stew in this funny sort of vibe. And yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, just kind of like find a character and the way in which they speak and pick that apart. You're like, yeah. he's an interesting character to oh, watch man. and listen to. You know, just, just started. The, uh, Michael McKeon, I think, is the best he's actor. A god. Um, he's a god. But his face when they have to vamp and when they're doing like the skeletons of Queen Quinto talking about the Spanish Civil War, he has yeah. this like, just this face of being checked out that I, is like. Oh, it's just unreal. Yeah. And if you somehow haven't made the connection, Simpsons fans, Harry Shearer is a core member of this crew and is mm-hmm. also, you know, Principal Skinner and Flanders and Mr. Burns and a lot of mm-hmm. great Simpsons characters. But like Simpsons enough is enough for me to like have a soft spot for him. But that he did that and he's a linchpin in the guest movies. It's yeah. like, oh, that guy's cool. Yeah. What a what a career to get yeah. to do. That seems so fun to do those two things. I mean, yeah. what a voice. Right? What yeah. a voice. And like at least eight great voices. Mm-hmm. And uh, although when you start to know which characters are sheer on The Simpsons, you're like, I never realized, but Smithers sounds very much like Principal Skinner. It's not even yeah. that different. Yeah. Um, but my favorite, maybe the hardest <laughs> I laugh at a single moment in the movie is always Harry Shearer's pivot on a dime when they're asked to vamp. First of all, Bob Balaban doesn't know <laughs> yeah. what the sin, what the yeah. universal hand sign for vamping is. So yeah. he just does castanet hands. Yeah. <laughs> like you got to talk. And, yeah. and they're like, you mean stretch? And he's like, stretch, stretch, yeah. stretch. And he does... Which the Kingston Trio would do. So the Kingston Trio have a famous song that was against a rate increase on the MTA. And it starts with just like diffuse chords and going like, once upon a time in the city of Boston, there was a tragedy. And that's what we're going to tell you about. And Harry Shearer does a pitch perfect impression of that with something. They picked the perfect thing. Something no American audience gives a shit about. They're like, this song is a sad one. About something I'm sure you learn, you know. At you, this time of year, we all think we about. We all think about yeah. the <laughs> Spanish Civil War. War. And he's like, in <sighs> this year, the the little towns of Madrid and Barcelona were wrecked by Civil War. <laughs> and it's, he talks for a long time. We cut away and we cut back. Stagehand comes in and whispers in his ear. And he goes like, and that's when they decide, oh, good night, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just on a dime. Yeah. Just completely. And they were supposed to play a song. Yeah, related yeah. to that. Yeah. Just very professional doing what oh is God. asked of us, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. like doesn't need to be here. I also love uh, how the disdain 
that they the, hate the new Main Street. Singers. They hate them, oh and they're just like sh- when they're all listening to uh, Mitch and Mickey's like yeah. show, and they're like, "How are they going to deal with the kiss?" Five dollars says, and then they like all walk up to the side, like the side of the set, and yeah. they look in, and it's just like, "Oh, they're the new Main Street singers are like, oh, this is so wonderful," yeah, and the clutching, crying, yeah. yeah, and then they're just like, "Shut the fuck up," basically, yeah. and yeah. they're. I love how it's not even that they hate them. I mean, they do. They call them cookie cutter. They're just music snobs. But they're 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 snobs. snobs, But like, it's it's not even like they're actively hating them. They're just like you don't matter to us. Yeah, is what make that nuance that difference is. Yeah, it's amazing that I can glean that from their performance. Is that that that's what's happening. I want to shout out two very small performances in the movie, um, both by women. Uh, Rachel Harris, incredible. Yeah. I mean, mm. she's so good. But just that one scene where she's like, "Did you get it in writing? And mm-hmm. did he say that he's going to do it?" And yeah. like, yeah. just so I'm good. I'm just protecting you. Just so good. Yeah. And then the other, I had to look up her name, even though she's in all of the guest movies, is Deborah Theaker, and she played one of Bob Bal- the she? Bob Balaban's sister. Oh yes, oh, yes, yes. She every, has the best reaction every shots. Every reaction in the crowd. shot. I could watch a movie that's yes. just her in the crowd reacting. Both Feeling of them, that I mean, music is beautiful. Yes. Like the, she's so funny she's when crying, she's experiencing yeah. grief beauty. over her dad. And like, it's, yeah. But then so also much. like middle-aged white woman grooving Clapping. to the music yeah, yeah. when it's good. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, also she's there with the brother, right? Yes. And the brother. You get the vague impression didn't like the dad well, or whatever. He, no, no. He says earlier, like, I don't I know. Don't like the, the one piece of information we know about him is that he doesn't like care about music. Also that he likes poker. Yeah. yeah. And then he oh, liked yeah. poker. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Which Michael McKean probably and just all he does is improv forced oh, yeah. on him and he's like, all right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's also important because that's who this that's what this whole event is for. Yeah. Right. And we get in that. That's why we cover them so often in the crowd shots is yeah. that this is who it's for. This is the memoriam of their dad. These are the fans. Yeah. Uh, there's fans. No, but these are the children. And they made it and happen. One of them is exactly what you like the best response you could ever want from any audience member. And the other is like, I just want to leave. Yeah. I'm just killing time. It's just like a great yeah. combination of like, what does that tell you about the man? Nothing. And Bob Balaman's it's just being literally preoccupied the with his nerves. Yeah. yeah. The whole yeah. Time. It's yeah. All options are on the table. Yeah. You could love it, hate it. doesn't matter. I mentioned this to Michael earlier, but I grew up on this DVD and like consumed the, the deleted scenes and the commentaries. Yeah. There's jokes that I remember so vividly from the movie that watching it this week, I was like, Oh, I guess that joke's not in the movie at all. Um, <laughs> But one of the things, if anyone doesn't know, Paul Dooley's character, Mm -hmm. if you notice, he doesn't strum his guitar once in the entire thing. He doesn't play play his guitar. And there's a joke that didn't make it in the cut, which is that before the very first performance, he got something on his shirt and held a guitar over it to cover it up. And so he's just been holding a guitar ever since. That's like an in-universe joke of it, which is so funny. Also, isn't that a famous... Oh, that's Tom Dooley. Mm -hmm. That's a Kingston Trio song. That's so funny. Hang down your head, Tom (laughs) Dooley. Uh oh, linking back to our last Caroline episode mm-hmm. from years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Powerpuff Girls on the TV in yeah, the hotel room. Yeah, promise. Which I don't I'm sure they mean nothing by it. It's just so specifically tied to such a specific time in my life that I'm yeah. like, Oh, Powerpuff Girls is on in the middle of the day on TV. I know exactly what time this is of, of Same human with history. the Samsung wow. ad. Like the oh, yeah, when he's out, I was like, yeah, I remember when that Samsung ad was, yeah. What did that even mean? Or I'm asking, do you guys think there was a filmic meaning behind, uh, because he wanders to get a rose and I get what that means. It means he's enjoying the rekindling. Yeah. But why did they have that thing where he stares at Times Square and it zooms in like a Ferris Bueller painting Mm. on the Samsung ad? That shot is definitely weird. My only thought was that maybe it has to do with cell phones as a passage of time Times square in greenwich village something about like how different that is from his experience like he like took a bus to get there he doesn't know where he is so like a, a animated cell phone dancing on a Times square and they have him loiter outside at a, a high t- high-end electronics kiosk yeah. so yeah it might just be about modernity and him yeah. being like everything's different now. yeah i didn't well folk obviously doesn't have much of a place in the zeitgeist anymore i didn't yeah. glean any references which if there was i you know i'm just out of the loop but that i kind of gathered that the idea was that he needed to go ambling because that's kind of mm-hmm. the thing that he you never His did character. No he never did no <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
and um, th- it's like kind of the model of the folk hero, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This I'm gonna go take a walk, and whatever the world shows me, I'm gonna interpret that as like, like my next Dan, event. Siddhartha. And that's kind of the duality of what this picture and most Christopher, Christopher Guest doc, uh, mockumentaries do, is they try to take something and someone wants something significant to happen, and when nothing significant happens, it doesn't mean that it isn't significant to them. It just means that it can be funny how mundane it is to everyone else. And so to, it could have been him walking on and like he goes off into a mountain and there's a, an Eagle lands on his shoulder Mm -hmm. and he realizes this is what I have to do with my life. Now I'm a conservationist Mm -hmm. or something like that to him going and having some pizza and being on the shitty times square and seeing like, like the corporateness of it all was his realization that he had to get a rose Mm -hmm. for Mickey. Like that, that's what I gleaned from it is just that this was him with the expectation Mm -hmm. that he was going to find something at times square (laughs) because he couldn't be there any longer. And that's what it came out with because that's what he wants to be that folk hero so bad. Yeah. Well, you know, screenwriting is ultimately about conflict and, and, conflict resolution and in guest movies like relatively little conflict and almost never an interesting conflict resolution yeah it's just like oh what we don't want to wear the dickies there's not some joke of what they're wearing instead of the dickies they're just wearing tuxes or like any kind of argument they have is then resolved in a really human small of like and then they just did the thing that they were supposed to do one of the dogs wins and it seems almost randomly it could have been any of the dogs exactly exactly I think uh, that's the superpower. We talked show, before recording, but do you guys prefer Main Street Singers or Folksman's version of right. Wandering? This is an interesting conversation. Um, well, when I first saw the movie, the first thing after we saw the credits, my brother turned to me. He's like, I like the new Main Street Singer version better. They are, it's, I guess I like the Folksman version better, uh, but only because there's like, I have damage of that like cheery from my dad's barbershop stuff. Mm. And like, that's, I was raised on that cheery stuff. And I do really like new Christie minstrels, but uh, I just have a smaller appetite for it. Abers. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about <laughs> do you like either folk of the songs? history. I think main street singers is good because it sounds the best. Oh man. I don't care. I don't care about the pet, like the, I, history of folk music. I agree completely with Harry Shearer fuming in the <laughs> back of the set. That makes where he's sense. Like, well, if people just want a fucking toothpaste commercial, <laughs> then they can listen to the Main Street Singers. I'm like, snaps, man, right on. Right on, yeah. right on. I'll briefly use Unionize, my... Unionize. <laughs> fight the power. <laughs> I'll use my music degree for one thing in my life ever. And uh, so do you know what a Picardy Third is? Anybody? Nope. Anyone out in the audience? No, I don't. So a Picardy Third is this very cheesy musical sequence, which is that when you have a minor song and then you choose to end it in major, mm-hmm. it's kind of the equivalent of like um, ending a Christmas song with jingle bells. Like right. when you end a song, it's like ding, 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 ding. So anyway, it's it's very kind of cheesy and looked at in the world of musicology as like, kind of a lazy choice, which is you've had the song in minor the whole time, and then the very last thing is major, like, oh, and we're not sad anymore. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Folksman version of Wandering stays in minor the whole time. New Main Street Singers has a Picardy third. The very last final chord is a major chord, and that's where you get that, like, that, oh, and then it, in the end, it was all okay. But like, also the fact that they get, feel the need to find nine vocal parts oh, or, like, sure. seven vocal parts yeah, yeah. makes it sound... Not grounded because it's like a cheerful church choir is singing sure. their rendition of yeah. some like I will survive. But it's like, but you don't have you're not evincing the heartbreak of yeah. I yeah. will survive. You're just going like I will survive. It's yeah. a great song. Let's all listen to the mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm I'm just into the Kingston Trio because yeah. literally yeah, Christopher true. Guest is doing a spot on impersonate. Like that's what the Kingston Trio guy sounds like. Yeah. Well, I, I think. Yeah. That from characterization standpoint, they're more interesting to watch uh, because it, what you're you're both kind of talking about how the you know Main Street singers are they're so available they're so they're exactly what pop music does to everything uh-huh. every genre that it's like what do you have to say about that that hasn't been said about like toothpaste and bubble gum and all that right you know kind of thing. Uh, 
whether or not it's a major chord or minor chord at the end or whether or not it's, uh, you know, it's more realistic to the trope that they're trying to lampoon or whatnot. Mm -hmm. I just think it's uh, that song with that arrangement sounds better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's musical taste, right? What was your favorite song? I think A Mighty Wind. A Mighty Wind. I think so. Which I got the impression this time is probably a parody of This Land Is Your Land, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And wait, well, so I was wondering I if funniest. the title's a fart joke. And <laughs> I didn't think there was any conclusive evidence because the real key joke of the Mighty the Mighty Wind song is uh Blowing you and it's me. blowing peace and freedom. <laughs> it blows equality. Me. It blows that peace and freedom. It's blowing you, you and me. me. Yeah. Which yeah. is a blowjob joke, not a fart joke, but Caroline, I heard you saying Well there's additional lyrics that do even more point to it being no, a fart thing. So right? it's there's a Spinal Tap song called oh, "Break Like the Wind." Break like the wind, break but like that's the wind a different Spinal Tap song. So, yeah. so they probably didn't want to repeat themselves. They're like, "Let's right. make this yeah, blow yeah. joke a blow job joke." Yeah, because yeah, once again, it's like yeah. y- you can do. There's many ways to do a fart joke or a blow job joke. Yeah. How you do it is really they the, just both involve the, the word the blow. True, uh, the true testament of time yeah. is a big win. Blowing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're also good at they again. The humor is this dry, deadpan of like to the that's so close to low. real. Yeah. It sounds like if you're not paying attention, you're like that lyrics fine. Yeah. But then if you think about it, you like a wind blowing everywhere is a terrible metaphor sure. for the strength of like people getting together and fixing things. Right. Like what a weak ass metaphor. There's this wind that's blowing around everywhere <laughs> like that's not yeah. a good folk met- image no, no it's it's yeah. once again harkens to the same like my favorite joke of all time which is in not a joke it's in john adams mm. which is oh, nice. famous statesman benjamin franklin <laughs> sitting on his own balls it's just very funny because you think of benjamin franklin you think of inventor you yeah. think of you know a mighty wind and what they're trying to say is like oh yes it's this thing like I see this land is my land yeah. this ma- land is l- your land oh no, no it's just a fart joke it's just it's about getting blown yeah <laughs> yeah it's about getting ahead from freedom <laughs> yeah. or whatever I mean one or of, whatever <laughs> one of my favorite songs is potatoes in the paddy wagon oh, which that's a great as so someone cloying. who grew up listening to the album there's fully like seven verses that yeah. aren't in the movie they just <laughs> oh, go from the hilarious. very first to the end but a song called potato in the paddy wagon <laughs> yeah. that is about like <laughs> A daughter going up and getting married. Like, just the layers of a... It's a story joke, song story about song. an ugly baby... An ugly baby. ...who gets taken to jail, <laughs> and then the twist is, the sheriff was just going to marry me, Papa. Yes. Well, he wasn't yes. taking me to jail. No. But, like, the lyrics are... It. That's my problem with the Main Street Singers. As cutesy as they could oh, possibly... Okay. Mama yes. just loved her... What it was it? Mama, Mama just, just loved, loved her little sweet potato baby with, with a face, face like a parboiled yam. Yeah. yeah, it's the uh, musical equivalent of hamming it up. It's like yeah, Main Street singers are like Jim Carreying all their songs. I mean, I truly, it. when the and Patati said, "Get shit, the goddamn door." Sheriff wants to marry me. Sheriff wants to marry <laughs> me. Sheriff wants to marry me. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I like the. The brutal reality of a Kingston trio. <laughs> I, I love them both. The Reverend Mr. Black. I love them both, song. but yeah. Also realize the Arrested Development whole bit that they milk a lot of Tobias's family doing pharmaceutical folk songs. Oh, yeah. Which is such a specific and original singing right. joke. And I'm like, but it's no, been done before. In yeah. Mighty Wind, the exact same joke. A family of folk singers becoming pharmaceutical lyricists. Yeah. Well, in this case, it's, it's uh, just uh, diuretic, Hara, right? Oh, no. It's catheters. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, but drapes and penis clamps i remember as part of the lyrics and he's talking about incontinence all the time at dinner yeah maybe this is some every 13 seconds or 13 (laughs) and a half seconds a new incontinent is born he's such an interesting one in the the cast of characters because he doesn't seem like he belongs compared to like the like SCTV jokey Canadian right, like right. you think of Catherine O'Hara and Harry Shearer and Michael McKeon you don't immediately think of him Jim yeah. Piddick but yeah. he's so I mean he's excellent he is so yeah. they're all excellent and it's fun to watch all five movies because they make varying amounts of space for them in different ones yeah like you know different people will get to do more right. and other people will take a smaller bit it's very yeah. surprising to me because every time I watch these shows I usually like this will now spiral me into like I'll probably go home and watch Best in Show not Guffman I'll probably watch Guffman okay, well that's the thing is this with these <laughs> with these movies like whatever I've just watched which is very rare in like the pantheon of like like 
you know, you watch Paul Thomas Anderson mm-hmm. or Cohen Brothers or something like that, and you're like, you know what, Big Lebowski is really the best or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, whatever I just watched of these is my favorite. Yeah. It's so weird. Mm. It's because whatever's freshest in my mind, I go, ah, that's so fucking good. Yeah. And then I watch Best in Show and then I immediately lose a mighty wind. And I'm like, Best in Show. Yeah. You can't beat that. Yeah. They're just all, I think it really speaks to, or yeah, it's a testament to just, they're all of the high quality. They're just mm. of the same quality and it's yeah. amazingly high. <laughs> I heard that For Your Consideration was disappointing, which is why I didn't see it. I'm scared. That, like, yeah, I don't me want too. to have that experience. I had, yeah. yeah I saw it in the theaters, it? Have didn't ever see it again. And What'd you think? That's, I don't remember what happens in it. That's Versus Waiting for Guffman, which I can tell you, then. I can start from the beginning of the right. movie and quote the Spinal entire I wonder how I much of that is nostalgia. Because like, yeah. I, I get that all the time. Like we, There's movies that you watch that you go like, you know what, this is actually a good movie, but when I went to it in theaters, I was expecting more because of this name attached to it or whatnot, because the nostalgia effect of, you know, like, I grew up with this movie, or I watched this when it was very formative in my comedian experience or something like that. Possibly. I I wonder how much of it has to do with status in that, like, Spinal Tap and Guff Mint, all of these are are about people who who don't have a sense of their own status, who are huge Mm to themselves and nothing to the rest of the world. Right. And these kind of um, low stakes, low status drama being played out in high status ways. And for your consideration is about famous actors. Yeah. It's about like high status people having high status Buying problems. for Oscars that year, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and there's like, the, I think the humanness and the charm comes from, we've all felt like high status in a low status situation. My dad mm-hmm. at barbershop or, mm-hmm. you know, your church choir or whatever your situation is. Uh, and I think for your consideration, just, you know, the best in show really works, even though like I can't resonate with that neurotic couple whose right. whole yeah. life is about winning the American Kennel Club dog show. But like, imagine if like you found out that your neighbor won a dog show, you'd be like, cool. And then you'd go about the rest. Yeah, of the you day. wouldn't like yeah. flip out. Yeah. Like and Michelle Obama. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas all the yeah. other films have the, the status. Oh, you play. The I think show. that that's cool. I think that's alien. Yeah. Can I see your dog? Oh, yeah, they're cute. Exactly. Yeah. So in other words, if you're listening, Christopher, play a hit. Be our guest. Play, play a hit. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see a tightly scripted psychosexual horror thriller from Christopher Guest. Well, you, no, I don't. you it won't work. don't. CG-driven see, crane see, shots swooping that's around. That's the thing about Michael. As long as I've known him, he just doesn't like the hits. Mm. No. You know, he's got to go for the other thing. Deep no. cuts. I What's don't know. What's that Christopher Guest movie? That's not a mockumentary, and it's from Between Spinal Tap and Guffman, and I think Matthew Perry is in it, and I think Chris Farley is in it. What the fuck? I've never Wagons heard of East? Did he make a movie called Wagons East? I didn't know Christopher Guest had any. That's like Chris Farley's last movie, or I might There's be There's a scene where he's Candy's learning how movie. to read, and he's learning the alphabet really slowly. That's kind of one of the set pieces in it. I feel like that's a cowboy movie, and you would know if it was a cowboy movie. Well, this not. one has a Western, but it's like, um, like I think they might have been Lewis and Clark. No, Wagons East. That's John Candy's last movie. There's a movie that has the same pr- exact premise as Wagons East that was Chris Farley's last movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Look up Chris early guest movies. Last movie. It's funny you see because the wagons went west. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just riffing for. I'm stretching. Yeah, stretching. For almost stretching. heroes. Almost heroes is the one I was thinking okay. of. So let's see. I'm going about this a non-internet efficient way. Like, did Christopher Guest direct <laughs> Almost Heroes? It stars Matthew Perry and Chris yes. Farley. Then that's Maybe it. Directed worked. by Christopher Guest. Yes. So what's Christopher Guest directed Almost Heroes. Almost Heroes is garbage, dude. <laughs> it's oh, is it? boring. I've never even heard funny. it. Yeah. But never if, if you don't like it. the hits, if you like the deep cuts, it's a really, really late good. era Chris Farley movie where Matthew Perry is the David Spade character because yes. they oh. couldn't get David Spade, okay. and they're shitty pioneers and yeah. they're trying to go west and they get trapped in a downpour yeah. so they're naked and they have to huddle together and that's they make weird that he directed that because shit. I knew that yeah. I knew that Eugene Levy had comes. like uh, <laughs> or I guess it, it, this is Christopher Guest but I knew that they from time to time do. Like Transformers or American Pie or whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah. Because, you know, paychecks. So, but like, this seems like a beloved kind of movie that they're. Like, if you're directing it, oh, you care about I this. I also movie. didn't know he was married to Jamie Lee Curtis. He is, yeah. <laughs> a lot of. Learn a Michael lot McCann about is married to Annette O'Toole. Chris, 
And they wrote, they wrote uh, yes. Kiss at the End of the Rainbow together on 9-11. On 9-11 yeah. <laughs> while waiting yes. for the... Sh- <laughs> they were in a taxi or they were cabbing? Or, yeah, I mean, they were taxiing taxi, on their plane. Yeah. Oh, also, we should talk about the left bank. Do you guys know about the left bank? No. It is the, a yeah. one-hit wonder <laughs> 60s band. They had or two hits, technically. Uh, Walk Away Renee and Pretty Ballerina. They put out the records. No one listened to it. Two years later, people started listening to it. And one of the guys was like, guys, we should make more records. And no one else was interested. So he formed a new left bank that included Michael McKeon. The new left bank had no success, didn't perform anything. Everyone was over it. No one was interested in the band. But he was briefly in a legitimate kind of folk rock, zombies-esque uh, band yeah, they the easily, wow. based on this music, it's like, yeah, you could write real music. Well, Lenny and the Squig Tones also. It's not even extremely wacky satire. You'd only have to reel it in a tiny bit and it's a real song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's something, um, th- I don't know if this is interesting, but like I've played guitar for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And w- you can tell when someone's played guitar, not just like obvious because they're not making a G chord, but it's like when you're performing a g chord on yeah. a sh- like a stage versus when you're jamming with a band yeah and like just like how you emphasize and like put like push your fingers in or how like loosely or lazily you pre- play it yeah uh like you can tell when mckean is playing like he's played in jam bands before because oh, yeah. i saw yeah like there's that a casualness makes, about his there's playing. a casualness about his playing that is like different from when he, you see his fingers when he's on stage where he it's like methodical yeah. and like i know that everything i'm doing is being recorded somewhere yeah um versus just like um yeah it's a no you know it's g a g a a minor no you know like yeah noodling noodling you yeah. can do the noodles yeah and you can see it in the hand like the hand yeah. has presence and it's like I find that really cool when someone does yeah, it's that. It's so complete. Yeah. Yeah. He also did the Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman remake. Hey, that's weird. Just watch the mockumentary ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Final thoughts on Mighty Wind? Anybody? I mean, it's perfect. You want to <laughs> play another <laughs> number for us? Oh. No, you, I think no. you only prepped one, <laughs> I just right? Prepared the okay. one. Prepped right. the one. Because if you could do the entirety of. Patty wagon, baby, potato face. Oh, baby. I mean, that would have been the the problem with playing any of this stuff solo is that it's so harmony driven that it's like all folk. Really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, most folk is for mm-hmm. sure. All right, then we'll wrap it up. Caroline, yeah. thank you again for being yeah. here and for picking fun things to talk about. I know this is a delight. Where Both can cases. people Both find things. you online? They can find me at Caroline Eand on Instagram, um, where I lift mostly, and then also Twitter. And also, you should watch Corporate on Comedy Central, on which I make the occasional appearance. And also, oh, nice. I work in the room. But yes. yes, yes, I knew you worked on it. Yes, I, I have, not have a character you. named Little Cucumber. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Destined to fall in love with Pickle Rick in an epic crossover <laughs> event. No. 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 All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been a small beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash small beans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash small beans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you.